The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Today's episode of Bitchless Bride, the podcast, is sponsored by guestboard.co, allowing your guests to share more than just their dance moves. Let's get bitchless. We actually do know what we're talking about. <laughs> I wore that fing tiara in t- until like four in the morning. Shut up, Nathan. Oi. Hi, everybody. It's Deborah D. Francesco, and this is Bitchless Bride, the podcast. We are here today with Nathan Venn. Hello. Yay. Hi, Nathan. And Carrie Tabaski. Hi. Hey, girl. Dave Yaz, who does, yes, all the fun stuff. And you guys, today I am so super excited. We're switching things up a little bit on Bitchless Bride. We are talking to Dr. Jocelyn Charnas. She is a PhD and a licensed clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. She treats adults with anxiety, depression, phase of life and adjustment issues, and specializes in interpersonal and relationship issues. You were like, everyone's probably wondering, like, why I have a therapist on. But trust me, if you started planning your wedding, you're going to absolutely know. Um, Well, I might be known as the wedding whisperer. Dr. Charnas is known as the wedding doctor. She's been quoted as saying that weddings hit on money, family dynamics, growing up, commitment, issues of identity, body image, and appearance expectations that come with our, quote, happiest day of our lives and and happily ever after. Um, then turns up the volume, which we all can appreciate, right? So thank you for validating everything I've been preaching on Bitchless Bride. She also said that weddings and marriage are among the most transformative decisions of our lives. When we're changing and growing, it can come along with some hurt. Amen to that. Dr. Charnas, I like, I think I'm in love with you, but aside from, (laughs) (laughs) no, but I really, I really could go on and on and on. I mean, you've been, uh, I mean, you're fabulous. You've been quoted all over the New York Times, Glamour, Huffington Post, et cetera. But I really wanted you to come in today to talk because you're a relationship expert and outside of the wedding, you know, it's called the relationship. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, I mean, I I think the name of this episode is going to be exposing the issues surrounding your wedding. I mean, what do you think, Nathan? (laughs) You like it? You like it? I think we'll go for that. And so just to get started, uh, Dr. Charnas, I want to know everything. Tell me about how you became deemed the wedding doctor. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was an an interesting confluence of events, I would say. Um, I started my practice, uh, my private practice in, in clinical psychology about a year and change after I myself got married. Um, so oh. I had gotten married, <laughs> right? Um, I had gotten married and and everyone else I, I knew was getting married. So I was sort of very much in the middle of that phase of my life when all of that was going on in my personal life. And I was also starting to work with clients that were, you know, around my age who were also going through this phase. And so I had this parallel experience of having my own wedding and all the sort of drama and uh, emotional challenges that come along with that, seeing all my friends or many of my friends going through, you know, similar, some other version of those emotional challenges as well, seeing 
clients of mine at various phases, whether it was in their first year of marriage or considering getting married or working with couples who um, were having trouble early on in their marriage and seeing their emotional challenges and realizing that nobody was really talking about this in any um, in, in any. Uh, way that that normalized it to yes. me it felt it felt like such a normal such a typical such a common experience but before I went through it no one ever talked about it no one ever warns you or prepares you or gives you any sense that this is what's going to happen and also I noticed that in the sort of wedding industrial complex, no one was talking about it either. I mean, I, you know, flipping through bridal magazines or, you know, at the time it was just, it was the knot, that was the big <laughs> wedding website and that was kind of it. Yep. There was no, there was nothing on the emotional complexity or the emotional challenges or the interpersonal challenges or the family challenges. Nobody was talking about any of that. Um, you know, I remember that the New York Magazine weddings issue was what I thought at the time, the sort of best, most stylish, most complete guide for planning your wedding. But there was nothing in there about what it was like emotionally to plan a wedding. And so, yes. Right? I mean, uh, that was missing. There was 500 listings for florists, but not a therapist in the book. And Exactly. So, and you know, it's so, it's so funny because what I, when you're, you're, you're touching on everything, like I want to stand up and clap at the, <laughs> my microphone because there's so much else going on. There's so many issues surrounding the wedding, and and yet you're you're right. You're making all these choices. There's all this information that you ever could imagine on the knot, and now everywhere, you know, in every every website, wedding website. But no one really talks about the elephant in the room being like, hey, sometimes this planning isn't who did that, <laughs> Dave. Sorry, um, it, but planning isn't always rainbows and unicorns. Sure, you, you know, sure. and sometimes it really fucking sucks, and you just need a break, and then you start questioning everything. And sometimes with that, you start questioning your relationship with your sig other, and it, it's it's sure. a very hard distinction. So, sure. oh, I totally hear you, and amen, sister. And, you know, one of the, the most important things that, that I, I thought about in in wanting to, to work with patients around this was was the idea of normalizing this rather than pathologizing it, right? Yes. So this idea is, you know, th there's such a stigma, and I, I think it's getting better, but there's, a, you know, there's a stigma. There used to be a stigma with therapy, and there used to be this idea that if a couple goes to therapy, that means the couple's having problems, right? That that's a red flag. Oh, or, totally. You know, I used to think that, and then, <laughs> and then I then I then I became married. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. So I think that part of what I wanted to um, communicate to to patients was that this is not only is this is this normal to be under stress and anxiety when you are getting married, but um, it's, this is, it's, it's preventive medicine to come to therapy before you get married. You know, we, you go to have your teeth cleaned, right? So that you don't have <laughs> cavities and you don't need root canal. That, that's what we hope, right? Yes, we hope. So to me, I think of this sort of premarital therapy that I do with, with, with couples as the same thing. This, this is, this is preventive medicine. This is building a foundation. This is working on communication, healthy communication, all the normal things that couples need to have in their arsenal in order to have a healthy relationship so that we, you know, you can't prevent problems down the line, but you can, you can mitigate them. You can help, you know, develop tools to cope with them. And so I really wanted to make it out of a model of health rather than pathology, 
rather than looking at it as this is, um, you know, a sign of a, some sort of trouble in your relationship. See, and and thank you for saying that because I've been married 14 years. My husband was actually our first guest in the season opener. <laughs> and I have to say that was probably one of my was, favorite episodes. That was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting to say the least. Um, but the, the one thing is, I, I think what you say, it's almost like you're being proactive. Right. And and you're learning. So I know, you know, I'm the loud mouth in my marriage, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> shut up, Nathan. Oh, my God. There it is. We're 10 minutes in. Um, but and my husband, you know, I I had to learn what I would call Chris management and and how to deal with him. So he really hears me and doesn't automatically just get pissed off and just be like, Ugh, whatever, like shut down immediately. And I think that. Oh, sorry. My mic just did something funky. Um, and I think that when you go into a relationship and then you you're spending a ton of money and you've got all these skeletons in your closet and during your wedding planning is when they love to present themselves there's so much going on that you you need a you in your life you need a dr charnas in your life to either vent to somebody who's objective and can walk you through it and then also just to feel safe and i think that a lot of people go through this and they're like haphazard and they're kind of like their safety's at stake I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and and something that was so striking to me early on and continues to be striking to me is how relieved, I mean, literally, you can see relief washing over people's faces when I tell them that this is normal. When I tell them, oh, you almost broke up 20 times while you're married? <laughs> Obviously, why not 25? That's when people understand that this is how it is, that this is normal, that this is part of the process, there, there's a, a palpable sense of relief and, and a sense of feeling safe, uh, just as you say. And, and I think it really goes a long way um, with, you know, to help people cope with the process. And it is a process. I think that's a key word that, again, the wedding websites don't really share with you is that this planning your wedding is a process. It's a mental process. It's a physical process, <laughs> you know, but I, and outside of all the fun stuff and the food tastings and the, and the flowers and coming up with the colors, there's also some real things like who's paying for what or divorce parents or all these amazing things that could really be torturous. And some brides, when you said uh, that your clients were relieved, I thought you were going to say when they were walking down the aisle because they're like, shit, I made it through. Like, I'm almost, <laughs> done. This is almost done. I had one client tell me that she just wanted to get through it. And that was really that was really depressing for me. Uh, and considering I was the one getting through it for her, like planning all this shit. Um, but there, she had a lot of family and uh, family drama and it was unfortunate that that's how she looked at her wedding. That's what she'll remember about her wedding is I just want to get through it instead of enjoying it. You know, it's I like know. A and I, I think that's, you know, unfortunately often the case when, when we don't have a place to bring all the, the feelings we're having, we don't have an outlet. We don't, we don't create a space to sort of dump all of that. I think we carry it with us. I think we can begin to feel very alone, very isolated in it. And then you have an experience that you just want to get through instead of being able to develop Develop the tools of communication and perspective and negotiation, all the things you need to not just have to get through it, but to actually find some like it. <laughs> I used to get through finals. Like, dude, right. like <laughs> I would, I would always play those games. Like next week at this time, I'll be 
drinking a beer and like be like fucking done with that book and I never want to go back to that class again. Like I I would hate for our brides and grooms to go through something that really should be happy. And if you strip it all down and all the bells and whistles, it is happy. It's two people who found each other, who love each other, hopefully, and they <laughs> they want to be with each other and to celebrate. I mean, weddings are a celebration and I think a lot of the times it gets lost, which I mean, I think leads us to our next question. You said, you know, that when your clients come to you, you they feel almost relieved that they're not alone. Mm. So what are some of the issues or problems couples come to you with as they're planning? Like, I really want to expose the rawness behind the happiness. I wrote that line and it made me really happy. Um, <laughs> and the real lack of conversation surrounding this rawness. It's like we're not allowed to feel bad about our weddings. Why sure. the fuck not? Sure, sure. You know, I think that there's definitely some some universal um, conflicts that arise around weddings. And, you know, I've seen this over the, as I've been doing this over the last 10 years, um, there are themes, you know, typically often money and finances are, are an issue. Family relationships can be an issue. Um, growing up, individuating from your family of origin it, it is an issue that comes up. Um body image and how we feel about ourselves is an issue that comes up. And, and, yeah. and those are themes that repeat. But but I will say what I found that also is really interesting is that aside from those universal themes, what I found is also pretty common is that whatever is already going on, okay, whatever, whatever issues people are already dealing with in their lives, whether they're conscious of it or not, those are the issues that seem to be... Um, blown up, so to speak, around a wedding. Yes. Weddings have this unbelievable capacity, maybe more than anything else, to shine a bright, hot spotlight on whatever <laughs> underlying problem is is already there. It's like a so, zit on your face and like you feel absolutely. like, you, you know, it's like you have and to it, tell everyone, I know it's on my face. I right. see it. And I, it grows, I know. It grows to 10 size, you know, 10 <laughs> times it's, it's normal size. And then, yeah, you, oh, and so, then you pop it. And then, yeah, and then, and then all of it. have a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's the wrong doctor for that. Right. 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 I know pimples. Um, So, you know, I think that's the real issue. The real issue is that whatever's going on anyway, whether you've been dealing with it or not, is going to come out as you're planning your wedding. And, and, you know, that's, I think, to a certain degree, not avoidable and it's okay, but we have to have the tools. We have to, first of all, anticipate that this is going to happen. And then we have to have the tools to try to help ourselves deal with it. Did you know that the average guest spends over $700 to attend a wedding? Crazy. Luckily, there's a new tool called Guest Board that is designed specifically for group events like weddings and lets everyone communicate with each other so they can save time and money. Super easy to use. Just invite who you want from your guest list and they immediately have a private space where they can see who else is going, plan carpools, share rental cars, and get a bunch of awesome discounts. They're all going to meet on the dance floor anyway, right? You can create your free event board today at guestboard.co. Well, I think there's knowledge and and power in knowing, okay, this is going to happen. So I feel like I'm better apt to be able to deal with something when I can see it coming. That's right. You know what I mean? And I think that with brides, what happens is they don't see it coming, and they get the ring on their finger and they're like, oh my God, I can't wait to go dress shopping. And as they should, I remember that feeling. It's a great feeling. But then all of a sudden they go dress shopping and I wrote an article like a month or two ago about this when I had to go buy a wedding dress for an event and 
I am fucking 41 years old. I'm married with two kids and like wanted to cry in the dressing room <laughs> thinking I was done with my body issues because I kind of don't give a shit anymore. Like I just want to be healthy and like work out and be happy and eat, you know? But like, oh my God, I was like, so- I feel like someone slapped me upside the head. <laughs> I was like in that dressing room like, Oh my god, like I'm sweating. <laughs> and there's like, you know, and I I did not even expect that. I don't know why I didn't expect it. I'm I mean, but it was truly worse than trying on jeans for me. Like a hundred percent. And I didn't I think, see it coming. <laughs> well, you bring up an excellent point, which is that of expectations, yes. right? I mean, when 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 we don't have our expectations based in reality, I think it's when a lot of the trouble ensues. And and the expectations, look, they have to be somewhere in the middle, okay? This idea of happily ever after, best day of our lives, that's too far <laughs> That's on what I have to say tonight. <laughs> right? And then it being a nightmare is too far on the other side. 100%. So we, have to, we have to have some sort of middle ground where where we expect to, to for it to be a joyful occasion. We expect to be a celebration, but we also expect that there are going to be bumps along the road. And I think if we can and establish our expectations somewhere in that healthy middle zone, that's a big, that goes a long way uh, to having a better experience. Exactly. Exactly. And like you said, it's like you see it coming. You're not stuck. You know what I mean? Like That's right. And and I think anytime we can see things coming or also maybe take breaks and deal with our expectations, you know? I I just want to ask how many, how often do... Um, couples that you've seen before they get married, sorry, this is Carrie, um, before they get married, um, come back to you with issues a year later, five years later, Ooh. 10 years later. Good cue. It, it happens. It happens. And and I think that, you know, I'm just thinking back to, to um, examples of that. And I, I think that when I see patients before they get married, and I very much preach the, the the health model, the preventive medicine model, I think that they internalize that, and I end up seeing them again, not necessarily because things are a disaster or because the relationship is is going downhill. I, I typically and often see them in other sort of phase of life inflection points. You know, I'm thinking back to a couple who I saw before they get married. They got married. And then I saw again right after they had their first child. Oy. So that right, but that's it, it's it's the idea. I think they internalize that idea that okay, um, we can get help with this. We can we can uh, work on communication, developing the skills to help us at this point in our relationship, and then we can go back and do that again at other times. So you know. It, it, it's. I see it as a positive thing, as recognizing that there's no there's no shame and there's no um, you know it's not doomsday if you need a little extra help. And so so I, I do get clients coming back at various times in their lives um, to continue to work on things, which I see as a good thing. It means they had a positive experience. And you know what? You touch on something too because you know typically uh, the next question, like the minute you get back from your honeymoon, is, "Hey, when are you having babies?" <laughs> you know, and if if they haven't had that conversation or they're trying, like in my case, like uh, I was broken, man. Like I had to go through fertility training. Training? What? Training. I don't think it was training. Uh, you know what I mean? I had to go through treatments. Treatments, not training. But but so what? Every time anyone asks me, I want to be like, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> like this is That's really tough. hard yeah. and then my husband didn't know kind of what to do with me I was like a little bit of a, a crazy person I wish we talked to somebody honestly like in retrospect and then when I did finally get pregnant and had the baby I pretty much hated him for the first six months of her <laughs> life like because you know I definitely had some of the depression after 
in postpartum and they're just bigger issues that it's like I wish there wasn't the stigma like you said of of hey I'm raising my hand I need help like I would have done that in math class well like, there, and there's and like when you get married you're what a lot of times late 20s and the issues that you're having then with no kids and just jobs and you're so you're also so much younger and yes. then as time goes on you evolve and hopefully you evolve and you have <laughs> kids and and there are issues and you know mental health is is such a important thing right now um it's you know it's as you know it's coming to light um as much as physical health and so yes. it's so important i think to stay on top of um of checking in with each other and and checking in with you and and making sure that everybody knows how to handle, as you said, the tool, you know, has the tools to manage all of these things as you get older. Yeah, that's right. And, and look, you know, marriage is just one of, of the many transitions we go through in our lives, right? For, for the, those of us that do get married. So having children and, 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 you know, moving or new jobs. I mean, we, we go through changes in our lives and yeah. to be able to recognize that change is difficult. You know, part of the human condition is that we struggle, most of us struggle a little bit with change. And so to, to sort of normalize that and recognize that that um, getting some help in those moments of change, those periods of change uh, is a positive thing, you know, it, it, I, th- I think is really important. I, I really do think it goes a long way towards uh, towards emotional health. I I 100% like I, I couldn't agree more and like like I said we don't really hesitate to 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 raise our hand when we need help like if I said to my maid of honor hey I really need your help with this I'm struggling you know stuffing my invitations you know there she wouldn't be like ugh I can't believe you didn't get that done already like do you know what I mean like there's no judgment there and actually you know I have a few friends who are in therapy and and and, and it's and I feel like it's such a, a great release and uh, you know they they feel they come back and they feel better and they know how to handle things better and they're raising their hand saying hey things are uncomfortable right now but I want to do something about it and we talk about in wedding planning having the the team having the right team around you all the time whether exactly it's, whether it's a florist or it's your photographer that's a really good point ooh Nathan and yeah instead of leaning go on, Nathan yeah, as a venue manager I think I used to be some therapist. Oh, you know, what are you for, talking about? <laughs> but you need to have someone who's qualified who can actually help you and be, well, be on your team. That's what I thought was so amazing when I first started doing this is that, you know, you could hire someone to hold up the back of your dress, but nobody <laughs> was hiring anyone to talk about how they felt. I mean, that's, that's what was so amazing to me. You know, that there was, there was someone for everything except for nobody was, was talking, nobody was finding someone to talk to about how uh, they felt, which, which was so overarching to the whole process. So, you know, I look in the back of that New York magazine weddings and there were 50 pages of, of, um, you know, of the directories of all the people to help you with your wedding. But there was, there was, <laughs> there was no one like me. Exactly. Uh, it, you should be on, everyone's staff (laughs) (laughs) we actually we did that we had a um my husband and i had a rabbi marry us and he insisted that uh it was required we had to see him for like 10 sessions wow yeah um that's genius yeah that's right that's that's where really that that was the only and you know i'm not i'm not a religious person but religious institutions were the only people that were really doing this. I mean, I, I got married by a rabbi as well. And I, we had, you know, meetings with the rabbi, uh, in advance of our wedding and, uh, you know, the, the Catholics, the pre-cana, yeah. Yeah. Catholic, if you get married in Catholic church, you have to go through 
that premarital, those premarital sessions. And, and, you know, I'm usually not talking about how religion gets it right, but I think in this case, I think religion gets it right. I, really I think that they were the only ones that were acknowledging that, oh, you know, before you decide to spend your life with someone, there are some things that you should be talking about that we want to make sure you're talking 100%. about. Well, so, you know, I thought that I always thought that, they, you know, that was really brilliant. I, I basically stole it from from the Catholic Church. Good for you. Good for you. At least we can take. Oh, wait. You yeah, know, that's a wrong that. podcast. Yeah, yeah, what? What? No, yeah, no. no. I, I don't talk about that on my podcast because I'm way too much fun. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you know what? You, I love that you said that because, you know, let's get people talking. And it doesn't it doesn't matter where it comes from. You know what I mean? You steal right. it from wherever right. you want. Like, let's right. get people right. talking because sometimes if you don't like I have to be honest with you. When I first met Chris, we did not want children. We really didn't. And then later into our marriage, we decided we did. And we're really lucky that we decided that we did together because that could have been shitty. Like, sure. you, because I could have been the only one who wanted kids, but we definitely both heard the clock ticking for some reason. And changed our minds but before we got married we definitely said we don't want to have kids we want to live in the city we want the freedom we don't want to have to like fucking deal what who is Nathan? that deb i know <laughs> oh my god nathan's only ever known me as like a mom with two kids and like, living in the burbs dude you, you are way more than a mom with two i'm kids. way more way than more. That. i'm like so deep <laughs> God, <laughs> but I, I mean, no, but it's true. Like we, I, I used to be a lot of fun. I still am. Oh my God. You I are still, am. still so fun. I'm still so fun. But so then fun. I want to go to sleep at 10 o'clock, which is different. But that's being <laughs> responsible. True. Uh, Nathan, why don't you take question three? I feel like, you know, you know, I'm a, uh, speaking of religion, I'm a preacher of perspective. So why don't you ask? Uh -huh. You are a preacher of perspective. Boston Weddings Bubbly Brunch is here. Join me, Deborah DeFrancesco, on Sunday, May 5th at Four Seasons Boston for an amazing day of exclusive pampering and wedding planning with Boston Weddings Magazine. This event gives brides and grooms-to-be an intimate opportunity to dive into their wedding preparation among some of the city's top wedding professionals. Guests will mingle with local wedding experts while enjoying live entertainment, complimentary bubbly and cocktails, a luxurious brunch from Four Seasons Boston, and so much more. Get your tickets now at bostonmagazine.com slash bubblybrunch. That's bostonmagazine.com slash bubblybrunch. See you there. Um, I think we're just curious, if, is there a piece of perspective that you can share with our listeners, uh, not just about planning their wedding day, but planning their marriage, looking ahead? Well, I think you just sort of answered the question in the question, because the, to me, the He's biggest and most important piece of perspective is to maintain a focus on the marriage and not just the wedding. That's the whole thing. I mean, the wedding is a party and it's an important, big, wonderful party, but it's one day, right? Oh, and it's, thank it's, you. Oh my God. I love you, Dr. Charna, so much. <laughs> it's not the end of the story. It's supposed to be the beginning of the story. The first the story day of your fucking marriage right the right. first day marriage. and so you know perspective takes many forms but I think the most important is that I really work with people to not forget the marriage in the service of the wedding I mean that's crazy <laughs> the idea is that it, it's a relationship and this is the beginning and the wedding is simply a symbol of the beginning of that relationship and that's wonderful but 
the relationship is the thing you're left with for the rest of your life if things work out well. It's the, <laughs> the wedding comes and goes. Everyone's so worried about, oh, is this going to look good in photos? Whoever looks at their wedding album? Nobody. I mean, I've, I've never, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever looked at my wedding album. Who cares? It, it's the marriage. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the relationship. So I really, really, you know, which is not to say the wedding is not important, but I really try to help patients shift their focus back onto the relationship, back onto the connection, back onto the dynamic between them and, and hopes for the future and, and, you know, sort of setting that foundation so that you don't get carried away with, with the details of the one day. Well, it's like the minutia can take over in your head. And, and like, I think that sometimes when something's wrong in your relationship, it's so easy to focus on something else to kind of take your mind off it. And then suddenly you're like, Oh shit! Like it's it's creeping up, and I, I don't I don't know if I want this. And it's so funny. That's it's my next question. But I do I did get um, a dear bitch listen that I want to share with you because it it kind of goes into my next question. Okay. So, dear bitchless, I'm really hoping you can help me because I'm freaking out. I always love when those start like that. My wedding is about a month away, and the closer it gets, the closer I get to a breakdown. Seriously, I can't put my finger on exactly what's happening with me, but I am suddenly unsure of everything. It's like with each item we finalize for the wedding, the less confident I am with the whole idea of getting married. I love my fiance, and we've been together for a while now, but I think about forever, and that's in caps, people, and I start to panic because forever is a long time. I know I love him, but I'm beginning to think that maybe I need a minute to breathe. Is this cold feet or am I losing my mind? Rebecca. 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 Oh, Rebecca. Well, it's good that she's, you know, writing into you now. Well, and I think that's a huge thing. So, like, one of my last questions, Dr. Charnas, was, have you ever counseled a bride or a groom with cold feet? Like, how do you know the difference between cold feet or is this the wrong life partner? And so between that question and and then Rebecca writing in, which was awesome serendipity, not for you, Rebecca, but for for us. (laughs) I mean, I, th- that's a very loaded, I mean, and we can all chime in, but I'm curious what the doctor thinks, really. Well, what I think is this. I think that cold feet wouldn't be a thing if they weren't normal, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have that phrase, okay, if it wasn't a universal uh, construct. People, people have cold feet before they get married, okay? Doubt is normal. Expectations of 100% certainty, I think, at best are unrealistic, and at worst can be destructive. You know, marriage is always a leap of faith, right? There are no guarantees in life. We could all be hit by a bus tomorrow. We have no idea what's going to happen. Sure. So having some doubt, I, I think, really is normal. And again, in the spirit of sort of normalizing all of this, I do try to tell patients that I'm working with that it's okay not to be 100% certain. That has to be okay. And if we only could get married under the circumstances of being 100% certain, our species would cease to exist. No one would get married (laughs) and no one would reproduce and that would be it. So I, I think that, you know, normalizing that is tremendously important. That being said, okay, yeah, sometimes there are certain, you know, flags that, that, you know, make my ears perk up a little bit. <laughs> or the um, hairs on the back of your neck, yeah. like, oh, girl. Um, when I hear certain things, um, you know, one of them being when there's either a, a total lack or a total breakdown in communication between members of a couple. You know, when when a, when when two people who are planning to get married are unable to talk to each other about 
important things, about difficult things, about about the feelings they're having, that is is not a good sign. No. Okay, it doesn't mean that it's um, you know they should break up and never see each other again, but it means they have some work to do. Well, and it's like um, sorry to interrupt you, but just for a second, because those are things usually that will go to go into the marriage with you and stay with you forever. Most right. couples have the same fights. So if you're fighting about money, or there's like question marks about you know if you've doubt, like you were saying. That shit doesn't go away just because you got married. It just it just sneaks up and looks different. <laughs> that that's absolutely right, and 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 that's a good point in a way because the the other the other kind of red flag is a belief that that marriage is going to the marriage itself or the wedding or or getting married is going to fundamentally change your relationship. That is a for the most part a faulty belief. Marriage, all of a sudden being legally bound to someone, isn't really, for the most part, going to change the dynamics between the two of you. I, my, my best friend is a divorce lawyer, and which is interesting. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> that's comedy. a future episode. What do you guys talk about? I know. That's, I was going to say, oh my God, can I, can I, next time I'm in New York, I'm 100% coming, and, and we're going to, you get your best friend together, and I just, I just want to listen. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Do you refer business to each other? I know, seriously. <laughs> 100%. But one thing she, she says a lot of things that stuck with me, but one thing she said to me that always stuck, it was in the context of discussing um, uh, prenuptial agreements. And she said, he, he's never going to be more generous, nicer, kinder than he is right before you get married. So if he's <laughs> yeah. not being oh, generous and kind, he's never going to be. So so watch out. So I, I think that idea that, that marriage isn't going to change anyone for the better necessarily. And so if there are issues in the relationship, you got to work on them now. You got to look at them now and to just hope and close your eyes and cross your fingers that everything is going to get better or change in any significant way without doing any work on it is is not good. No, and that's it's it's childish. I mean, really, you know, it's like you cuz marriage is a lot of work. Like if you want to equate planning your wedding is a lot of work, so it is. is the marriage. You know what I mean? And it's a different kind of work. And you kind of hope you get through both of them with flying colors. We, right. I, I think Nathan and I joke around, sometimes a bride, even a very high-stress bride, we always wonder on the day of, is she going to be euphoric or a total bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I have to tell you, euphoria usually wins. So you can be a total horrible person while you're planning your wedding, but then something shifts in you in the day, usually. Right. I mean, yeah, because they're so happy it's almost over. Exactly. And it's like that euphoria. It's almost like someone gave them Valium. <laughs> it's like, they may have taken Valium. Uh, that might have happened. It's like, well, <laughs> remind me to tell you that anecdote <laughs> next time because uh, I had a groom who did that who barely made it down the aisle. I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, Dr. Turnus, you are seriously, you are amazing. We're definitely going to have to have you back on the show. Um, and, and, and I have somebody I might want you to talk to. Oh, I've got a few. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, Nathan, for clients? For, no, well, well. <laughs> Deb's going to call you weak. Oh, I know. <laughs> that would, that's, I'm asking for a friend. Dr. Turnus is me on my payroll. <laughs> Not for me, for a friend. No, I'm kidding. No, but that's the thing. Not Maybe for me, because you know what? Marriage is hard. It's fucking hard. Fucking is, what? Sorry, excuse I got, my language. Really? Really? Now you're excusing your language. <laughs> <laughs> oh I learned from the best. Yes. 
Well, seriously, we cannot thank you enough. And I truly mean it. Like, I, I'm going to be in New York the next few weeks. I will give you a ring. You and, Please do. And what's your friend's name? Uh, my friend's name is Marcy Katz. All right, Marcy. <laughs> stay tuned because I'm coming she's, to town. She's a, she's a shark if you ever, God forbid, but if you ever need her. Shit's going to get real, Marcy. You, uh, me, and Dr. Charnas, we're going to sit down and <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. John. Ooh, what? Take two. Dr. Charnas, where do we find you? If I live in New York or if I need a phone session and I'm in California, how do I find you? can Google me and you'll find me. I'm not hard to find. I did pick up the phone and call her directly to see if she'd be on the show just because I read I read everything that you did. Your articles are fantastic. You're smart. You're funny. So thank you so, so, so much for being on Bitchless Bride, the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I had a ball. <laughs> Good. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And you know where to find us, guys. We are wrapping up. You can find me at bitchlessbride.com. You can find Nathan sitting across from me. <laughs> <laughs> bitchlessbride.com. Instagram's bitchlessbride. Everything's bitchlessbride. We have been getting quite a few dear bitchless, and I love every single one of them. So please keep those coming. If you want, you can, well, we don't have to always say your name, but we, if you want, we can name drop in this podcast too. So if you have a question, please don't hesitate. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.